the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This program was recorded for broadcast at this time. Welcome to What's the Score? A series solely dedicated to the support of Central Florida small business and entrepreneurs. Donated as a community service by Salem Media Group. And now, here's Christopher Hart, Rich Jekyll, and Lucy Polito. Hello again, and welcome to What's the Score? The show designed to help you come up with that winning combination for your business. And as always, we have a winning combination for you today. Even though Rich Jekyll isn't back with us, he's still taking some time off. But we do have the other award-winning and only two award winners of SCORE Excellence in Volunteering Services. Of course, I'm talking about Lucy Polito. How are you doing today, Lucy? I am terrific. And, um, you know, it's a beautiful day in Orlando, so I am having a wonderful time. And uh, I'm glad to be here with both of you guys. It's always a beautiful day to be around here. All right. I am Christopher Hart of the American Adversaries Radio Show. But, of course, this show is all about SCORE and everything that SCORE has to offer for you, ladies and gentlemen. And they always have something going on at SCORE, whether whether it be a Coffee with a Leader presentation or some other kind of seminar or educational program and of course mentorship mentors are always there to mentor you and all of this at the bargain basement price we got to get it out of the way first thing in in the show here today lucy how much does it cost again uh you know it's kind of a shame to talk about such high prices in so many places (laughs) except at score you got the best free business advice at score so Come and get it because we have it. (laughs) And they got plenty of it, too, because they got lots of volunteers here locally, five dozen or more. They've got uh, over 15,000 nationwide, and all of them are there for your beck and call, ladies and gentlemen. If they have the advice you need, you can get it from them at no charge whatsoever. Never has been a charge for the mentorship program at SCORE going on 60 years old now and but there had been a charge for educational programming but for the last couple of years some sponsors have stepped up in a big way and there is no charge for any of the educational programming also and because most much of it has been uh, up until recently it has been done virtually uh, over zoom and and other platforms you can access it now because it is being stored at the SCORE website, which is orlando.score.org. And, of course, we invite you to sign up for the excellent newsletter there. That way you'll have updates and you'll know everything that's going to be happening at SCORE, orlando.score.org. And, of course, this uh, radio show will be archived there with all the other radio shows we've done over the years as well. All that is orlando.score.org. And, by the way, if you would like to try your hand at being a volunteer at SCORE, they welcome you to inquire about it, and you can do that at that website as well, or you can call on the phone. And if you'd like to make an appointment to speak with one of the SCORE volunteers about a particular business question, you can call them on the phone as well, perhaps set up a face-to-face meeting. They're doing that again now. We'll tell you about the SCORE office hours after I give you this here phone number right now, 407 420 4844 for score 
407-420-4844. And what are those office hours again, Lucy? Well, we are now open, and we start at 10 o'clock all the way through uh, 4 o'clock. And we are open Monday through Thursday, and on Fridays, uh, we're open from 10 to 1. Okay, so five days a week. There are lo- they are located in the Orlando Fashion Square, right there on the West End, just off McGuire, in the National Entrepreneur Center with over a dozen other great organizations. For instance, we had the African American Chamber of Commerce on just a couple of weeks ago, the show, the director there, and and once again, the National Entrepreneur Center is something that our community uh, should be very proud of, and unfortunately, a lot of people don't know about it, which is why we've been doing this show, because the word has grown over the years. More and more people do know about it, thanks to What's the Score? And folks like you who are spreading the word, we appreciate that as well. And, of course, the uh, the excuse me, the National Entrepreneur Center, their hours are as well open Monday through Friday there, and the various organizations uh, have their own hours there. But for SCORE, you can call ahead. 407-420-4844, and you can go to the website, orlando.score.org, to find out more about what's going on and sign up for the newsletter while you are at it. Okay, so uh, so Lucy, we're going to welcome uh, a fellow who's been on the show a while back, so let's see how he's been doing. Welcome back to the show, Peter Leardham, Re- Realtor. How are you doing, Peter? Hey, I'm doing great, Chris. Thank you very much. Uh, good to be back and with both of you. Well, it's been quite a while, so let's uh, sort of go through the routine like we did before. Tell folks where you're from and uh, how you got to be where you are here in Central Florida. Yeah, so before I jump into that, I just wanted to say a, a quick plug back to SCORE. Uh, my father has sort of been my business mentor. Um, he's been, you know, he's an entrepreneur, um, and he, he's been a, uh, a mentor over at SCORE for a number of years. Um, it's been very rewarding for him. And I think it's, I think it's very cool what you all are doing over there. I, you know, there's, um, there's a lot of young entrepreneurs who want to start a business, uh, and take a different route. And, uh, you know, SCORE is a bridge between, uh, you know, where they hope to be and where they are and, uh, you know, for all the mentors and, and the people who volunteer there, um, kudos to you because, you know, you're impacting lives and uh, it's a, a great resource. And I think it's something that, uh, you know, for the young entrepreneurs that are out there uh, or all ages, um, it's something to take advantage of because it can free you up and uh, change your trajectory what, if you've what, got the ambition. What, what's your father's name? Uh, Ed Leardham. And he's here locally? He- Lucy, he tell is, us. Uh, I have to tell you, he's one of, I mean, everybody there is good, but he is definitely one of the best guys. Uh, he has had a tremendous amount of experience in business, has been very, very successful. Uh, I look up to him. I Sometimes when I'm stuck, I call him for some advice because this guy knows an awful lot. He really is one of our top guys. What kind, so. of, what kind of business was he in primarily, Peter? <clears throat> So that's kind of, you know, the segue to the question you asked when, before I, you know, kind of sidetracked it, but go ahead. So my background really starts with him uh, and his father. Uh, My family's from the Netherlands and uh, he moved us over here in 79. Uh, He and my grandfather were 
investing in land uh, here in Orlando. And basically, uh, he had a couple of partners here he teamed up with, and he flew over here in 79. He didn't speak very much English at all, or didn't speak English very well. But uh, he wanted to be, you know, of course, 79, you don't have the internet and, and accessibility. So you hopped on an airplane and you flew over to look at your investments and your projects. And so he, you know, my whole life, um, he was, he was, you know, real estate investment, mostly in land investments. Um, so, you know, I saw as a kid, I saw the ups and the downs. Um, somebody told me once, you know, everybody that knows in real estate is either really, really happy or really, really sad. Um, so it wasn't without stress, but, you know, his, uh, I think his key to success was work ethic. Like he basically, uh, went all in and, uh, you know, if there was an obstacle, he wasn't afraid of it and, uh, and he'd figure out a way around it and end up being really successful and as were his partners. Um, so, you know, and that, that market's evolved a lot over the years back then you could do apartments and, you could do single family and you could do commercial um, and that's all very specialized. So when I graduated from Florida State University in 2000, um, his partner was uh, leaving to go you know, back to UCF to be a professor. And uh, he called me up and asked me if I wanted to give it a shot. And that never really was the plan, but I feel very blessed because I had, uh, you know, he had a vested interest in teaching me um, all the stuff he learned the hard way, you know, on his own before I got there. And so um, we had a good run where we were doing uh, land development. Basically, we would buy land. Um, we would get the approvals to and turn it into a subdivision. And then we would sell it to a production builder um, who would basically put in the roads, water, and sewer and houses. And so, you know, that was coming in in 2000. Of course, as everybody knows, the market spiked it went straight up and i said this is easy um I, you know this is quick easy money and then uh we had a lot of deals that we had in the pipeline that uh, never came to fruition because uh, the market crashed and so we kind of evolved from there and uh it's my career has been evolving um all in real estate all really residential investment uh, but it evolves as the markets changes. So we went from uh, doing land development to, you know, we had a few years there where we didn't know what to do. And then we uh, got into flipping houses, figuring we do it on scale, you know, that, um, so we set up infrastructure to buy, fix up and sell houses. And then we started buying rental properties. Um, and then uh, we went to, to the courthouse to start buying them there to scale it up. And uh, that's when all the institutional funds started buying. Um, I think America's Homes for Rent was the first one here in town. And so we couldn't compete with them. Uh, and then we were fortunate enough to onboard with one of them as an acquisition team. And uh, we were sourcing rental properties for them, you know, closing 30 to 50 a month. Um, and then, uh, you know, it just it, it kept evolving. And, and we're still... In the residential space, um, our focus now is off-market acquisitions. So, you know, we bought before that we were buying a lot of homes at the courthouse when the institutional guys kind of pulled back from that, um, and we we're buying them to flip them, but uh, couldn't get a deal there anymore. So we set out our focus on, you know, let's try to find the home sellers directly, 
make them a competitive offer and uh, try to scale that out. And so that's what we're doing today. Um, you know, it's when people ask me what I'm, what I do for a living um, it's a little bit, it's real estate investment is sort of the underlying okay. uh, business, but it's, you know, heavy in marketing and, you right. know, trying to understand where the opportunities might be. Okay. Um, you got renovations and things like that. All right. Well, that's a good uh, summation to, to take a break at this point and come back and get into it a little bit more. Once again, we're speaking with Peter Learden and uh, his father uh, also is a Ed Learden. You said, was it Ed Learden? Yes, is the is also a volunteer at SCORE. So how about that? So in the family. In the meantime, uh, we'll be right back with more of What's the Score? Okay, we're back. We are What's the Score? Once again, I am Christopher Hart, along with Lucy Polito of SCORE, our guest today, Peter Learden, and he's in the real estate uh, investment business, is what uh, we were just talking about as we went into the break. By the way, real quick, do you operate from a website? Do you have a website you like to give out? We do, uh, LeardenProperties.com. And that's spelled with two E's, right? Learden, L-E-E-R-D-A-M. You got it. All right. L-E-E-R-D-A-M, LeardonProperties.com. And so you were just basically saying, uh, in your experience, uh, you were evolving with the industry, is in essence, what was going on. I mean, a particular part of the industry, right? The real estate Correct. industry? Real estate, yeah, go ahead. I'm sure this is true with any business, but uh, there's a very brief period between where you relax and you feel like everything's going well. Uh, and before that, you've got this anxiety about getting going, you know, and, and getting a phone ring, so to speak. Uh, and then you and then it gets going and then the markets, you know, the market evolves and you see the margins withering and the production souring. And then you have to adapt and figure out where's, you know, where's the opportunity. So, uh, you know, it's it, in real estate in particular, it's ever evolving and it's changed a lot. The The market has since or the industry has uh, from 20 years ago from when I started. And then how did the last two years have affected more directly with the, the, the shutdowns and, and things like that? And, you know, because you had, what, rent forbearance and, yeah. you know, uh, and all that sort of stuff? Go ahead. Yeah, that's a good question. So um, when COVID hit, obviously that was pretty dramatic. Uh, and I've got a, a personal friend who's sort of a mentor. He's a successful real estate guy. Um, and, uh, I remember driving down, I was driving down the Everglades actually for my, in February, or I guess it was February, March, uh, with a friend for a fishing trip. Uh, and I talked to my, my friend and he said, the market's going to tank worse than, than, uh, the last time, which, you know, is the last thing you want to hear when you're going on vacation. But, uh, I had, uh, at the time we had, I think 17 houses and in, an in inventory, um, and I had a sick feeling that it was going to unravel. I felt like I had built something that uh, was going well and it was about to get swept out from underneath me. So uh, we started liquidating inventory, you know, being more aggressive on selling. Um, and then to my surprise, you know, I don't, you never know how these things are going to take a turn or a twist, but it actually boosted uh, 
the housing, at least in our market. Um, I felt, you know, there was uh, the demand certainly surged. You know, people were wanting to move to Florida. And so uh, for me, it was, fortunately, we averted a crisis. Um, I'm grateful for that. And then uh, uh, the market's been, it's been, it's been hot. I mean, the rents, you know, all the pricing, all the rents um, have been going up probably faster than, than uh, a lot of people paying would like to see that happen. Um, but it's been, you know, for our business where we're trading on the short term, it's been good. It, you know, it's uh, time has been sort of in your favor. If you get, if you buy, if you buy an asset and it takes a little longer to sell, you know, the prices go up and it, and it uh, makes up for the lost time. So that's what it's been. I don't know how long it'll keep going, but it's hard. It's, it's never, that's, you know, I don't, I kind of try to focus on the short term because I, I've guessed and guessed wrong so many times. Like, like, like when COVID hit, for example, you know, I'm thinking it's going to crash and it actually booms, but uh, it's been pretty consistent, I would say, um, for us the last two years. Well, I, I think uh, one of the things that has saved us in Florida is obviously aside from the weather is the fact that uh, maybe a lot of the other states uh, didn't do a very good job of managing this whole COVID thing. And so they kind of decided to leave because I think it hit them like in the Northern states, it hit them much worse than it hit Florida. And a lot of folks could say, well, you know, Florida's a lot cheap because truly our homes here, even though we think they're very high, they really are very inexpensive. I mean, buying a new home here right now may not, you know, may sound very expensive to us, but if somebody's coming from the north, for God's sake, I mean, they're paying, sometimes they're only paying like 60% of what their house, you know, uh, would cost. So, yes, uh, it's it's tough for us locals, but for people coming in from other parts of the world, this is still inexpensive. So I think maybe the pandemic helped us in that regard. It did. Yeah. Okay. I think so. All right. And so how did it how did it change the overall market here because like I think you you referenced that uh uh like I guess it's these big uh, real estate investment firms are coming in here and buying up residential properties to rent out. Did you didn't you mention that, Peter? Correct. Yeah, I feel like um that's part of it. Uh and, you know, there's arguments to be, to be made on either side of that. I, I feel like uh, the biggest issue in, in housing right now uh, is the rental rates going up. It's it's going up at such a fast pace that, you know, people are, are being priced out pretty quickly. And I don't blame that on the investment, you know, groups. I think it's a function of what we just talked about um, and, and supply and demand, basically. I mean, there's an influx of supply and a limited or there's an influx of demand and you know, the, the supply can't adapt very quickly. Um, but I've, you know, for example, I had a, a rental property and I have a tenant in there for a number of years. Um, they left, they were paying 1450 and that was, you know, based on, they came in at market rent and they were there for three or four years and, you know, the rates went up 3% a year. And then uh, we did some minor repairs, just cleaned it up and turned around and rented it for 1900. Um, that's a huge difference for a tenant. So 
um, you know, when I'm looking at real estate, I'm wondering how are we going to, how are we going to provide housing to the people, um, you know, the, the young kids coming out of college and the people who just aren't coming, you know, aren't in a position to pay the 1900 or 2000 a month. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that market fills that niche. I know the, I've read that, you know, there's, there's a movement to provide um, cheaper financing, financial subsidies, and then, in, and then incentivize the local municipalities to, you know, um, to, to get builders to provide more supply, you know, shorten the, the development cycle and things like that. But I'm not really optimistic on that. I feel like when you introduce cheap money into any uh, economy or any industry, uh, it doesn't make it more affordable. It, make, it drives up pricing. You notice that uh, there's a tremendous amount of building going on with apartment buildings, something we never had before. Uh, and I don't know where these people are coming from. I guess from out of state, there's uh, investors and so on. I think there's a, going to be an overflow of apartments available. And this is going to come back, I think, to hurt everybody, really. Um, because there'll just be too many. Today, there, there aren't. But another year, year and a half, there's going to be plenty. Everywhere I drive around, there's an awful lot of apartments going up. Yeah, I think as long as the rental rates are, are stable and going up, they'll continue to build them. You know, if they tapered off or maybe even went down a little, uh, I'm sure they'd pull back. But the way the, the, the rental rates have been going, they're going to keep building them. And they're filling them up. Really? Cause, yeah, because you see them going up all over, especially downtown and along I-4. Yeah, I yeah. think that's what we, when you talk about the cost of housing and affordability, I think that's what you need to see is uh, more supply. And it may not be, you know, it's maybe it's not the single family house that's that, you know, is, is sort of the American dream, but it's, uh, it's a roof over your head. And, and the more of that we have, uh, the more supply there is, the more it favors the renter and not the landlord. So um, I think it's important to, to that that's happening. Are rents going up at the same level as uh, the uh, the cost of, of living is going up? Is it about the same? I mean, is it going up 7 8% based on what's happening now? Everything is at least that much. Inflation? So. Yeah, inflation is is uh, harming, or will it? You know, as you say, look, the, the house that you rented is an example. I mean, you rented five hundred dollars more. Yeah, is that an acceptable? You know, what? That's a pretty big percentage. I think it's uh, one of those things where the demand is pretty inelastic. People need to have a room to put their bed in. So, um, I think it's. It seems to me like it's going up pretty fast, like yeah. faster than people can afford. I mean, you know, I was in an Uber car and I asked the driver how things are going. And, you know, he's talking about the cost of housing and he's talking about the cost of gas. Um, and I said, well, and, and I'm looking at my, the, what I'm paying for the ride. It's hasn't changed that much. So, you know, things like that, you know, where's it going to break? Yeah. All right. For people like that. Okay. All right. We're speaking with Peter Leardon, and his website is LeardonProperties.com. Leardon spelled L, I'm sorry, L E E R D A M, 
leardumproperties.com. And when we come back from the break, uh, we'll talk about maybe what the uh, the flip market is like right now. We've been talking a little bit about the rental market. And uh, don't forget, you're listening to What's the Score? And you can find this show and all the stuff that Score's been doing via Zoom at the website, orlando.score.org. And while you're there, please sign up for the newsletter, orlando.score.org. Don't forget, there's always something going on at Score, and there's always somebody there prepared to help you answer whatever business question you have. And if they don't have the answer, they'll find someone who does. You can call them at 407-420-4844. For SCORE, it is 407-420-4844. All right, so uh, once again, when we come back, uh, we'll be speaking with Peter Learden. And uh, don't forget, you can also follow us on Facebook at SCORE Orlando on Facebook, where Rich still checks to see if anybody's uh, following and liking us there, especially him. So please, you can do that and send him a message. That's at Score Orlando on Facebook. Okay, so we'll be right back now with more of What's the Score. Welcome back to What's the Score. Once again, we thank you for tuning in and telling your friends and family about the show. We appreciate that. As the word does need to get around and is getting around. And okay, so we have Lucy Polito with myself, Christopher Hart, our guest today, Peter Learden. And that's at LeardonProperties.com if you'd like to find out more about them. And, you know, we've been talking about the rental market, and then there's the the flip market. Because if I'm not mistaken, when you were on the show before, we talked about flipping houses as well, you know. And now there's I've seen this uh, uh, program on uh, called uh, Zombie Flippers or Zombie House, uh, I think it is, and uh, where they, uh, you know, flip these houses here in Central Florida. They take houses that are kind of dilapidated and, and turn them around, and what's that market like? Because it, it, I would imagine because of the squeeze on materials and the demand for new construction, that's probably gotten much more difficult. But has it, Peter? Yeah, so I think, you know, as far as flipping houses goes, you're talking about the market conditions and the margins. Uh, when there are, you know, when the market's booming and stable, like this, you would assume that everybody flipping houses is making more money. But in actuality, what happens is um, there's less risk in the market. And so, you know, the buy prices are higher. And so it actually squeezes the margin. So um, you're not making this, you know, the margins you would in, a, say, a distressed market. Um, I think the flipping housing industry is pretty saturated. There's a, uh, a lot of institutional players in the space. There's a lot of mom and pops and there's a lot of newcomers um in the in that market so um i think the key is getting inventory and if you can get inventory you should be able to squeeze out a margin but it's uh you know i i know there's a lot of people that want to get into the space and i think what i would tell them is um you know i would i always tell people you're gonna you're gonna pay for it one way or another like you you can pay for a class and somebody teaches you how to do it um, you can go out on your own and do it, and you're going to probably pay by making some mistakes, which is how I learned. Um, or you can do it with a partner and have somebody sort of mentor you, you know, along the way, and you pay them by, you know, sharing in the proceeds. Um, so I wouldn't quit it. I wouldn't quit. You know, we do it kind of on scale. So we have, you know, years of experience, and we're very intentional about how we do it and go about doing it. Um, 
and I, you know, if somebody was thinking about getting the space, just, you know, think it through before you quit your job and do it because it's very competitive and difficult. And I think, uh, Chris, you're right. I think some of the materials do take a long time. I mean, I personally just, I mean, I wasn't flipping for my, one of my houses. I needed to repair a roof and I started trying to get that done in the latter part of March. And it just got done last week because the stuff that they needed wasn't here. It's coming from, I don't know where, but in any case, it took a long time. Uh, I was really concerned because, you know, hurricanes or the raining season is coming and it would, it affected my house. So, uh, but it took a long time and it was a major, it's a great roofing company. It's not some mom and pop type thing. And they didn't have the, the, the stuff that they needed to get that done. So, yeah, I think yeah. Chris, you're right. That's affecting the flipping business, I think. Well, and as an extension of that, um, we used to, rehab everything to a top-notch finish and uh, basically these days um, there's quite a few of them where we turn around and sell them as is and then the buyer is re renovating them because it's, it's too difficult it's not only materials but it's the labor um, you know I've, I've had one subcontractor that we worked with for years and he literally told me 10 times I'm going to go to this house and do this today and he didn't do it 10 times in a row I pulled my hair out I, I just I said, just rather sell it as is. Uh, it's really difficult to get through the rehab right now. Yeah. Okay. Once again, we're speaking with Peter Leardon. LeardonProperties.com is the website, L-E-E-R-D-A-M. That's LeardonProperties.com. And the, uh, as you were saying, we're, we're just, we're really in a supply crunch. I mean, we, we just can't, uh, there's so many people coming here, and, and, of course, you have young people here, you know, who are getting into that age where they're, they're moving out, they're, they're looking for their own places, and all of this, you know, the supply just can't keep up, and that, that's what's sort of creating these ripple effects. Correct, yeah. And, and the supply is, you know, it's people moving to the state, or excuse me, the demand is people moving to the state, you know, it's been low interest rates for so long. Um, it's been, you know, people buying houses as second home, um, you know, because they want to do an Airbnb or a VRBO. Uh, there's so many factors that are driving that supply and, and demand disconnect. Um, it's, it's, it's been an interesting market, to say the least, watch it evolve. <laughs> no doubt. Uh, now, there's been some uh, thinking that the, you know, the, the Generation Z or whatever it is, uh, you know, it's always the thinking that the next generation is going to be doing things differently. And I guess the, the thinking has been that, that young people aren't buying houses as early in life as they used to. Have you seen anything of that? And then what kind of effect does that have on the market, good, good or bad? Uh, so, you know, have I seen that? We sell a lot of our houses to um, institutional buyers, um, but for sure, there's a, you know, people, you know, the younger generation, I don't know how they can compete. Um, if they want to go buy a house, you know, there is a lot of investor offers and it's not just institutional guys, but uh, um, there's a lot of cash buyers, you know, it's hard to compete with them as a buyer. Um, so I think, you know, a lot of that generation, you know, they're, 
um, their renters. And now, you know, perhaps it's a lifestyle thing that they prefer. There's some evolution into that too. You know, you know, people saying that, you know, the American dream isn't to own your house anymore. Um, I want to rent and I want to be mobile and I want to jump around. And, you know, if I want to move to uh, California, you know, next month, I don't want to have a house to sell. So I don't know, but I, I do, I do feel like it's for a first time home buyer. Um, I would say most of them are probably moving back in with mom and dad and they're not, instead of buying a house okay. or they're getting a bunch of roommates and, you know, splitting the place. I see. I see. And, you know, once again, a lot of it has to do with the affordability factor of it. And, and, and you mentioned interest rates and of course they've gone up and it appears as though they're going to continue to go up at least through the rest of this year. And should that sort of temper the market a little bit and more or less bring supply back in to balance with demand? That's a good question. Um, you know, as long as people are moving here for jobs and need a, a place to live, um, the demand's still going to be there um, for that for that dwelling. Just you know, an investor is going to buy and rent it out to somebody instead. But I, I do feel like, generally speaking, uh, that's gotta that's gotta relieve the demand somewhat. Because even the investors, you know, they're they need to get a return on their investment. If their cost of funds was four percent, now it's six percent. Um, they can't pay as much as as they could last year unless the unless the rental rates you know keep pushing up. But I feel like that's sort of at a cap because people have to um, they cost everything's going up. So I think it's a I think rising interest rates is probably a good thing for you know getting the market back in balance with the supply and demand. It's just going to take some time. You know everything in, in economics, pretty much everything in life. Well, everything in life you know basically is cyclical. Uh, do you see a, is something something that may cause sort of a reverse of this, where the uh, the prices either stabilize or actually fall, and uh, the uh, the uh, institutional investors sell some of their properties rather than buy? Uh, I'm gonna tell you, I don't. I have a. I don't know because there's so many factors, right? So you know, you look at inflation. Uh, I think. Real estate's always done well over the long term with inflation, moved with inflation. Um, you know, it costs more to build a house now. So, so it costs more to introduce supply to the market. So in theory, that should stabilize the pricing. Um, so it's hard to say. I, I think Florida, it's probably submarket to submarket. Um, as long as we have, you know, this high influx of people moving here, um, I think this, the real estate's going to be fairly stable. I don't see it coming down. Now, but that, that may not be necessarily true in other parts of the country. I take it. It's, it's a sort of geographical thing. Yeah. And, and what we do is so localized. I don't follow what's going on in the other markets as much, but uh, yeah. And, and, you know, if there's a, an outflow of people, of course, that's going to put a downward pressure on pricing, especially if the rates and the co- you know, the cost of money is becoming more expensive. Okay. And, but as Lucy, you mentioned a little while ago, you know, a lot of people are coming here, uh, you know, people that maybe retired or whatever and lived in, say, New York, New Jersey, or Illinois, or wherever, and Ohio, and they've decided to come down here and they come down with cash money and they're buying a house where they intend to live for the rest of their lives, it, it appears. 
Yeah, it appears to me that we have an awful lot of people coming in from other states. And all of a sudden, and certainly in my experience, I think we have more people coming in with cash uh, than really looking at financing. So I don't know if these people are selling their houses wherever they're coming from. And that's why they all come in and they have cash. So uh, maybe the interest rates, if if they do go up, which of course they will, uh, will not affect those folks that are coming in from outside of Florida because they're coming in with cash. It might affect uh, possibly the uh, younger folks that are living here in Florida and want to start by buying a house, I think. Uh, but I don't know. I, I wonder, I'm not sure that it's going to affect us immediately anyway. It may affect us in a year or so, but it all depends on how the economy is. It, it always does, doesn't it? Well, yeah, what always it sure does. <laughs> something that always does happen, too, is the clock runs down on us, and it has done it again. So we will take a break and come back again with Peter Leardon of Leardon Properties, L-E-E-R-D-A-M, Leardon Properties, and that's LeardonProperties.com. So please stay with us because, because we'll be right back with more of What's the Score. Okay, welcome back to What's the Score? Thanks so much for tuning in. We really do appreciate it. Before we get back to the conversation with Lucy Polito of Score and Peter Leardham of Leardham Properties, I'm Christopher Hart, and I'd just like to remind you once again that the reason that so many more people now know about Score and everything they've got going on is this radio show, because radio is still one of the most effective ways to get your message to a mass audience and maybe even in your voice. But it certainly will be your message, and the folk, great folks here at Salem Surround Orlando can help you put that message in a, a package that will do you some good. And they can do it at a very affordable price. And they can also now coordinate it with your social media presence via Surround Orlando. That's Salem Surround, surroundorlando.com, surroundorlando.com. And they are folks who live right here, but they understand the Internet world, and they can definitely help you coordinate your message either totally on the social media platforms or incorporate into that as well the radio platform. They've got it all right here at Salem Media Group Orlando. That's surroundorlando.com. Or call them on the phone, 407-618-1760 for Salem Media Group Orlando. 407-618-1760. All right, back to Peter Leardham of Leardham Properties. And, Lucy, I think you had a question for Peter. Yeah, and, you know, maybe it's not an appropriate question for Peter, but uh, what do you see or what do you have a feel or knowledge on commercial property? Uh, How is that doing? Because, you know, I go around various neighborhoods and I see an awful lot of, obviously, businesses that have closed and so on. What do you think is going to happen to all that commercial stuff? You think it's going to, I don't know, some of that, some of those uh, shopping areas are kind of old and need to be updated or something. Whoever owns all that type of property, do you think they're going to maybe knock it down and, and build apartment buildings or is commercial property coming back? And I, I'm not sure. I don't know if that's an area that you're familiar with, but I'm questioning. I see a lot of vacancies, a lot of spots that are not, Rent it. There's got to be some competition going on there, Peter. Well, I um, that's a really good question, and that is not my area of expertise. But clearly, the market's evolving, 
Um, you got a lot, you know, I get a lot more stuff delivered to my doorstep than I do go out and buy. And um, of course, there's still a need for certain, uh, you know, suppliers, you know, grocery stores. There's things you buy that you want to go out there and, you know, drive there and, and, and purchase from the storefront. Um, you know, the office is evolving, people working from home. So there's a lot of uh, shifts in the way we do business. Um, and certainly some of that commercial space uh, will get repurposed. Um, you know, I, the real the demand, you know, a lot of that stuff is in pretty, isn't going to be in good locations where, you know, there, there'll be a demand for, you know, another use. I don't know what that is. Um, but once the market figures it out, it, it happens pretty quickly. I mean, you can see it with car washes as an example. Uh, that kind of became the rage once they figure out how to do it with, uh, you know, you vacuum your own cars out and they have low staff needs and it's no kidding. You do the work. <laughs> and now you see them everywhere. So, uh, you know, you drive up and down 1792 and look how that's evolved over the years. You have, you know, taking down hotels and putting up, um, you know, restaurants and, you know, I, we'll see. I don't know. It's tough to say. The market's pretty creative though. It'll, it'll that land will not go to waste it'll just be repurposed Oopsie. all right one thing that i've noticed in downtown area and in, in winter park and other areas like that is that you see residential homes being repurposed i guess would be the way to say it where they they come in and they demolish the old house and they build either a couple of townhouses in its place or maybe a much you know larger house with a smaller lot in other words they take a some of these downtown houses have large lots that they can, you know, put a much larger house on it or make it townhouses. Uh, how do you see how, and that is happening. And do you see that accelerating? So for sure. I mean, the older inventory, you, you get to a certain price point and uh, the highest and best use is to knock it down and build a nice, build a new estate house. You see it in winter park, college park, places like that. Right. Um, right. You know, I also feel like the accessory dwellings is going to be more prominent. Um, you see it in California already where they have housing shortages. Um, and that would be where somebody puts in, a, you know, a little dwelling in the in the backyard or as an attachment to the house. The so-called and, mother-in-law uh, house type thing. Yeah, it's like a mother-in-law suite. Right. Uh, you can rent it out or you can have your kids live there after college if you don't want them in your house. Or you can have your parents live in there, you know, if they, uh, if they want to live closer to their kids. So um, I think I think that the density, you know, it's just introducing some more units in the land that's already there. I think that'll grow over time. I don't know how quickly, but, uh, are, are we getting, are we getting sort of eased or, or pushed towards a, 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 you remember the old show, the Waltons? I don't know. You're, you're pretty young. You may not remember the Waltons, but basically you had like three or four generations living in a house at one time. Now it was a big two story house, but I mean, this idea that, you know, families are, for various reasons, having to live more together. Yeah, I think group housing, collective housing, um, it may not even be family. It may be, you know, get some college roommates together. I I don't know, but that that could be part of the solution for, you know, the shortage of housing is getting more people into a house or more efficient use of the housing inventory. So... All in all, though, real estate still one of the best long-term investments, one way or another. Yeah, I, I mean, hist- historic history will show you that it's stable, 
consistent. You know, if you've got a dip and you hold on, it's going to rebound and it's going to catch up again. So, uh, yeah, it's, and especially here in the United States where, um, you know, there's, it's not only attractive to local investors, but international investors see this is a very stable asset um, with, that's low, with low risk. Is there any particular part of the world where money is coming in now uh, to residential? And, and are they coming here to in, invest or to live? Is that money coming here to invest? Invest, or? I think. And, and I wouldn't know where, which part of the world it's coming to, but I think you know, a lot of that money goes into uh, a big fund and then the fund assembles, uh, aggregates some housing you know, in, investment properties. Okay. All right. I see. And now yeah. can, can people invest in these themselves uh, via real estate investment funds or something like that? Yeah, absolutely. There are some options, you know, you can in, invest into uh, like the publicly traded um, REITs, uh, real estate investment trusts. Um, there are some, you know, companies that, it will help you find a rental house for yourself. Uh, you know, one that I'm familiar with is roof stock. Um, and they basically, you know, try to give, give the buyers all the tools they need to not only to buy, you know, if you live in, if you're living in Orlando, you might hop on there and, and find a house in Atlanta, maybe get a little better return. So um, yeah, there, there's definitely the opportunities to do that. I would say first get your money lined up, get a pre-approved with your banker and then uh, you know, do a little spreadsheet and figure out what your box is. And then, and then you can, when a property fits in that box, you'll know it's the right one. And I guess you're always looking for, for another property. Yeah, we, we don't buy a whole lot of uh, rentals ourselves. Um, we invest most of our money back into our business. We get, you know, we're by growing the business, you know, we're, we're creating an asset as well. And so that's been where we focus our investment. And once again, you can go to LeardomProperties.com to find out more about Leardom Properties. That's L-E-E-R-D-A-M, LeardomProperties.com. <laughs> and while you're at it, don't forget to go to Orlando.score.org and sign up for the SCORE newsletter there, Orlando.score.org. And, uh, Peter, we just have a couple of minutes left. Uh, any last uh, advice for our listeners out there? Um, so... You know, obviously, SCORE is a business mentorship uh, uh, business mentorship organization. Um, I think if you're ambitious and entrepreneurial, uh, that's something to plug into. Uh, we were talking a little bit before the show how, you know, how the things have changed. In the old days, you saved up money, and then you put it in the bank, and you earned interest, and that's your nest egg that you retire on. I feel like these days... Uh, there's a different approach and that's building a company um, that will cash flow and has duration. Um, that's the approach that I I'm taking and it's been 20 years in the making and it's an ever going process, but I would just, you know, encourage the, and real estate's a great place to do that. So, you know, if, if that's your ambition, um, you know, plug in the score, uh, come up with your, you know, figure out what's the problem you're going to solve in the market. And then, uh, you know, build a business, go for it. Lucy, I see you oh, nodding uh, your head. Go ahead. Well, yeah, because, uh, you know, obviously I worked many years, but I always knew there would be a, a time when I needed to retire. So um, 
I didn't know if I was going to have enough money to be able to do that. So early in my life, I started to invest in real estate and it's worked out very well for me. So I personally would definitely uh, encourage people to buy a house uh, and maybe as things progress, you can buy another house and so on. But most definitely real estate, you, you really can't go wrong with real estate. I mean, uh, there's not enough uh, housing or apartments to uh, uh, for the number of people that we have in this world. So uh, that's why I think you can't really miss with real estate, I don't think. All right. Well, we'll leave it right there. And you can't miss with score either, ladies and gentlemen. You'll always hit the mark. All right. So once again, we thank you for tuning in. And don't forget, Leardom Properties, L-E-E-R-D-A-M, properties.com and orlando.score.org for your web assignments. <laughs> Go to both of them, check them out. And don't forget for SCORE, if you'd like to make an appointment and speak to a mentor, 407-420-4844. The SCORE offices are open 10 to 4, Monday through Thursday, and 10 to 1 on Friday. So if you'd like to make an appointment, 407 420 and don't forget to like, especially Rick on Facebook. I'm, did I say Rick? I meant Rich on Facebook. And that's Score Orlando on Facebook. Okay, so until next week, that's all for What's the Score? General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.